Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. I want to thank you all for listening. And have you checked out the new website? Oh, folks, you have to check out the new website. TravelTalesPodcast.com is our website. And if you go there, you can see uh, so... So much of the new stuff of what we've done, and I think it looks fantastic. I'm getting amazing feedback from people. If you want to write me, you can write me at mike at traveltalespodcast.com. Uh, go to the website. Check it out. Uh, see photos of all our guests. Uh, there's video. There's articles that I've written and some of the guests have written. There's destinations that I've reviewed. Uh, all that stuff. So I think it looks amazing. Once again, thanks again to uh, Gary Ricky who designed the whole thing. And uh, his email's on there, too, if you want to contact him. If you're looking to build your own website and you like what you see, uh, Gary's a whiz at all this stuff. And uh, I'm amazed at how he made ours look. And uh, I think it looks fantastic. Been getting great feedback. Um, so, yeah, speaking of feedback, if you go to the website, you can click on the iTunes link, the little musical note there. And uh, it'll take you to our iTunes page. And if you uh, subscribe on iTunes, and why not? It's free. While you're on iTunes, why not give us a nice rating? Maybe give us some stars. Maybe say a few nice things. That boosts our presence, helps people find the show, and so forth. So that's always a good thing. There's links now to Stitcher Radio. Our Facebook page as well. We have a Facebook fan page. If you go to it and click like, that's all I ask from you. Click like. We want to get a bunch of likes, and uh, that looks good, because hopefully we want to get some sponsorship, and uh, maybe I get some other people to pay for my trips around the world. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. Um, so yeah, give us a like. Follow us on uh, Twitter as well. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Need more Twitter followers. So uh, give us a little uh, follow on Twitter, and that would be awesome. We're on Instagram now. The Travel Tales Podcast on the Instagram, which is their link on our on our website as well for that. And LinkedIn, we're on that. Boy, have I covered all social media? It's unbelievable. And they keep inventing more. Oh, I got to keep up. Um, I'm a little stuffy, if you can tell. Uh, I've just gotten back uh, this past week from New England, uh, Little recap on that, Newport, Rhode Island for my cousin's wedding. Gorgeous Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, if you ever get the chance, uh, definitely check it out, especially if you're into uh, boating. Took a lovely uh, sailboat cruise for a couple hours with the wedding party, which was awesome. Got to see my family. Uh, Newport's just an interesting history. Huge money there. You can take tours of, uh, I recommend the Cliff Walk, which everybody knows about if you go there. Uh, you walk along the cliffs and see the houses that the Vanderbilts used to live in and uh, all the other rich families at the turn of the century. It's really incredible to see how the 1% lived back then and still continue to live, actually. Uh, ate a lot of lobster, a lot of chowder, which you can't help doing, and um, rented a car in Boston. And there was five states I haven't been to. And three of them were Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. And I decided to take care of that in a, a quick, quick succession. Uh, they're very close together, very small states. Well, Maine is a big state, but I went to the south part of it. Um, got to see, let me see, I'll give you quick highlights. If you get up there, I describe Maine as uh, Minnesota with different accents and a lot more lobster. 
<laughs> and no R's. They don't pronounce the R's. But uh, loved Portland, Maine. I uh, loved uh, Burlington, Vermont. Uh, I loved, uh, did not love uh, Rutland, Vermont, which gave me a speeding ticket as I was going through. So Rutland, Vermont can kiss my ass. <laughs> um, uh, what else did I see? Did the Ben and Jerry's tour of the factory up there in Vermont. Waterbury, Vermont is where it is. Uh, not much of a tour. You watch a six and a half minute video. You go up uh, on a catwalk, this little room with a uh, glass where you can see the factory. But um, that's pretty much it. But you want to do the tasting room. It's only four bucks, by the way. So uh, the tasting room at the end where they give you a little uh, taste of some flavors that aren't uh, for sale yet. So we got to eat some salted caramel caramel brownie. Salted caramel brownie ice cream. Fantastic. Uh, Burlington, Vermont. Liked it a lot. Cool little college town. Uh, nice little uh, funky vibe. It was almost like Boulder East. Uh, caught a little uh, minor league baseball game there. The Class A Vermont Lake Monsters. And with a name like the Lake Monsters, like I'm not going to go see that game. Beautiful night. Cool little ballpark. Seven bucks to get in. Free parking. Can't beat it. After that, went to New Hampshire, Manchester, New Hampshire. Looked a little okay. Went, went by Lake Winnipesaukee. But by this time, New Hampshire didn't get a good shake because I had uh, started to come down with a cold, and I could feel it coming on. Went to see my good friend Justin McKinney, very funny comedian if you're in New England. Got to check him out. But by the time I rolled into his house, he's about 45 minutes outside of Boston, I was sick. So I was the worst house guest ever, laid around his house for two days. So I apologize to Justin. <laughs> I apologize to New Hampshire. But uh, then again, it also rained every day I was in New Hampshire. So did get a bit of rain. But beautiful part of the country. I recommend it uh, either in the winter when a lot of skiing, drove by some beautiful uh, ski resorts, especially up in the White Mountains there in New Hampshire, gorgeous area. Uh, and, of course, the fall foliage, a lot of leaf peepers. That's huge for the economy up there. So that's my little snapshot review of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. I recommend it. Uh, certainly Portland, Maine, Burlington, Vermont. Cool. Very cool stuff. And Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire as well. Cool little uh, town on the water. Moving on. My guest today is Russ McGarry. And um, for those of you who are new listeners, uh, this is a new episode and in between the new episodes, I'm going to be uh, rolling out some older classic episodes. So on the Switch, when we uh, moved uh, and ch created the new website, we had to change the RSS feed for iTunes. It's a long story. So you might not be, get, be getting some of the older listed ones on iTunes, but I'm going to be rolling some of those out slowly in uh, classic episodes. But this is a brand new episode. So go to the website, click like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe on iTunes, give us a nice write-up, and keep listening. And for those of you who are new, welcome. For those of you who have, who have been listening to the show for a while, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm having a blast doing it. And I hope you enjoy this interview with my friend, Russ McGarry. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Russ McGarry. How are you, Russ? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you for Thank having me. Thank you for uh, joining us. You are now living here in L.A. Yes and no. I'm living part-time in L.A. and part-time at home in Portland. Um, but I'm down here for 
I landed a riding gig, so I'm down here for a year on that. So I'm going to go back home, uh, you know, once a month for a few days at a time and recharge the batteries before I come back down to the soul-sucking reality <laughs> that is Los Angeles. No offense to anyone who lives here. And I should uh, paint the picture here. We are not in my uh, normal studio. Oh, no. We are in the uh, On the Page studio, Indeed. home of uh, Pilar Alessandra, who was a guest on the Travel Tales podcast. I actually heard that one. Who I interviewed in Saigon. Mm-hmm. So that was a, in a Saigon hotel room. This is a little better. <laughs> you think Although so? it is, it is the valley. Uh, okay, come on, Saigon, the valley. It's close enough. <laughs> There's no gun on the table, so that's nice. But um, I was lucky to. We got to uh, reconnect when I went up to Portland. Yeah, for the, for the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, which was nice. We spent a good couple hours that one day just driving around and uh, took you up to Forest right. Park and <laughs> made you wonder if I was going to bury you in the woods and yes, stuff. Right. But yeah, we got to. Yeah, we hadn't seen each other in quite a while. Yeah, we started out comedy together in uh, Chicago, and you are a native. I am indeed. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you lived in L.A. for how long? Eleven years. Eleven years, and then uh, and you, you, one of those guys who just said, you know what? I hate this place. I'm leaving. <laughs> yes. Was it? Did it come down to that? Um, it just got. I wasn't doing exactly what I came here to do, and I mean, most people here will. I mean, that's the first it thing. It really ends say. up the way you exactly because we all wanted to be like TV or movie stars. Yes, exactly. And when you live here, you realize that's the reality. But I think most people outside of Los Angeles, are like, no, you you just you get famous. Yes. That's what happens. They're handing out sitcoms at the airport. <laughs> exactly. This isn't my suitcase, and this is my sitcom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I worked in reality TV for a really long time, which was great, and I made wonderful friends, and I worked on some amazing stuff. But then it just became, you know, what's the next gig? You know, what's the next four month long? gig where I have to make Gene Simmons look good or right. you know, and after a while just you know I'm 42 it just kind of got I got a little old for it so um yeah we we moved to Portland my wife worked on a, a show that shot out there called um Little People Big World and uh she'd been up there a whole bunch and she loved it and we went up there for a weekend and I loved it and we just started the train a rolling and uh and now I'm back <laughs> and for people who have heard we should say for people who have heard earlier episodes uh your ex-wife Dara Yes. Who shares the same name. Dara yes, McGarry was on an earlier episode. Which so. I heard as well. That was, those which, are, those we should are explain. Yeah, yeah. We should explain the relation here. For the eagle-eared listeners out there. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. But it's still friendly. Oh, no. You we just yeah. saw each other three nights ago. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's rare. Yes, actually. it is. You, yes, it is. Congratulations on it, that. It was It was an agreement. Uh, it was an agreement as opposed to an <laughs> FU. So, um but yeah, so and your new wife, Anne, Anne yeah. who I met in Portland. <laughs> yes, She yes. was down here, and was she... One of the factors that made you move to Portland as well? Um, we just kind of both, we'd been friends for a very long time. Like when I was married to Dara, um, my now wife, and I'm a little is, uncomfortable with this Yeah, story. it's getting weird, right? <laughs> it's not about travel. What do you say? It's so Hollywood. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So she was at the same time, we're the same age. We'd been doing, we'd met exactly 11 years ago. You know, we both moved in the same month of the same year, and we'd had the same experience, and it was kind of like, all right, it's time to shift gears. And now she works for Republic Broadcasting out of Portland, and she loves it. Um, I hope she misses her husband. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, um, and one of the things that we're excited about because of this job, because I've been bartending for a while, and then I've just coming back and forth for work for the past two years. Now you're a writer, I should tell people. You're uh, you're writing on a show. Here. Yes, I'm writing on a cartoon on uh, Disney XD. Oh, we call them animated shows. We're... No idea, no <laughs> clue. I just sit in a room with five other guys and try and come up with ideas. Um, but it's called Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja. So all of your ten year old male listeners are going to be very oh, excited. That yeah, I'm, uh, that's great. 
but uh, a huge section of my demographic. Oh yeah, I would imagine travel, <laughs> especially that Saigon episode. The ten year old sure like, that sounds great. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I lost my train of thought because I'm, I'm so saying, Portland. Oh, just uh, just this job will afford us the opportunity to travel because we both love traveling, and you know money's been tight, and I've just been down here back and forth so much. It's like you know what you know come. Thanksgiving time or whatever, let's take a week and go somewhere, go somewhere far away for a while. So, uh, so yeah. the best parts now compared to living in Chicago or LA, the best parts about living in Portland that you love, and what's the things maybe you miss? Um, God, I mean, it's it's just such a night and day difference. I mean, you just have been up there. Yeah, so you it was remember. my first. It was my first time up there, and I really liked it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really welcoming city. Um, smaller, smaller than you think it would be. Uh, yeah, only if you, we actually we talked about that. Yeah. It's like, I was like, I think it's like a million people, and you looked it up on your phone. You're like, dude, it's like three hundred thousand people. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's like half a million or so, or like six, five, six hundred thousand. But the outlying is like more yeah, than a more. million. But yeah. I mean, the city itself is rather small. Small, yeah. And uh, I like that. It's very easy to get around. Like when we drove around, I mean, I took you through southeast, northeast, and northwest Portland. All in a matter of about forty minutes, which it's like <laughs> it took me forty minutes to get here, and I, I was eight miles away. You know, so uh, it's that is uh, the accessibility. Um, there's a lot of character there. Oh, there's character, and there and that's a plus and a minus. My <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I mean, now especially with the new show Portlandia that's out. Oh yeah, uh, there is an element of uh, well, how did Yo Martin describe it? It was like the the youngest. Best looking homeless people you'll find. <laughs> Did or something. You say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you get off a bus, and then uh, all of a sudden there's somebody in a cape yeah, standing a, there juggling. I was, driving, I was driving Mike Schmidt uh, yeah. around when he came up, and uh, he literally I turned a corner and I was in the middle of a sentence, and he goes, Dude, a guy in a top hat and a cape just walked off a bus. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't, it didn't even catch, it wasn't even on my radar anymore. So, uh, <laughs> and that kind of, while it's entertaining, sometimes it gets a little tired. Um, it's yeah. like Venice Beach is your entire city. You know, it's like a Venice boardwalk. <laughs> a lot so, of tattoos, a lot of facial hair, a lot of guys in bands, or um, lots of band guys. Um, a lot of people not appearing to be working, but yet can afford a six dollar coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At one o'clock in the afternoon, where yeah. they have nothing else apparently going on in their lives. <laughs> it's um so um yeah that that's fun and, and you know but one of my favorite stories is there's my local bar. It's like a block and a half away. I was sitting there one time having a burger, and a guy walked in, and the bartender said, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, Well, I was fine until two seconds ago. And then I was like, What happened? He's like, I just saw a guy in a unicycle juggling. And I was like, <laughs> It ruined his day. <laughs> it physically ruined his day. So um, that, that, com- you know, that comes with its trade offs. But I'm a, a trail runner, and there's a giant park called Forest Park, which is, as I said before, where we went. And um, it's got 80 miles of trails in there. And you can feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. In minutes. And it's really right, almost in the city. It's yeah. like right there. Yeah, in northwest in northwest Portland. So uh, I, I don't know. There's there's just a, there's um, it's Mayberry with skyscrapers is what yeah. I would say. It's like wow, it's big city living, but small town mentality, and sometimes that gets in the way, and people don't. There's no <laughs> sense of urgency there. I don't gotcha. know if you noticed that, but. Uh, here, there's a lot of urgency, especially the guy that was on my ass the entire drive over. I'm like, I'm, I'm going 20 over the speed limit. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do for you. I don't Do you find – I think what gets a lot of people in L.A. and I, I think it's it, there's a sense of, at least in Hollywood, that smell of desperation kind of hangs over the city. And it's never a good scent. No, no, no. And so when I go to other towns, it's like, okay – you don't yeah. have to live that way. Yeah, There's exactly. Not, it's <laughs> it's I, not as dog eat dog, basically. Yeah, and I when I was saying, um, who was I saying this to? I was like, I feel like I'm back on an alien planet that I lived on for a little while. I'm like Jorel, but I can go back, you know, and, and <laughs> hang out for a little. You know, it's, it was just it's it's like nothing I've ever experienced. And it, but it's fun to. I have one foot here and one foot at home, so it's kind of like this fun, you know, kind of 
weird visit back to, like I said, a place, a magical place where things really do happen like that. Okay. <laughs> Did you just say you don't know who I am in a demanding way to the bartender? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's this, yeah. But the thing is, I, there's stuff I love about LA too, and, and I don't want to, you know, shit all over it. It's just, yeah. you know, I just, I chose to leave for a set of specific reasons, and those are the ones that stand out. I do love the fact in Portland that it's very walkable, the downtown. Yeah, you it's walked very all walk- over I walked, place. I mean, you could see, I mean, walking, I saw, Almost all the downtown, actually. Sure, yeah. In a day, you know, so that was kind of cool. And the cool thing about that, uh, about that downtown, and we were talking about it, is that the city blocks were designed to be shorter. So there was a, more of a passage of, more, not passage of time, but you, f- you felt like you're getting places faster. So if you do walk eight blocks, it doesn't feel like it. It would feel like you're walking yes. about four, four and a half. So you're like, oh man, now I'm in southeast. I was in northeast <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. Somebody described it as it's like if, uh, if Seattle had been laid out properly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah because if you have you been back to seattle uh, uh I, I haven't been in in about four years yeah it was when we were looking to move we went to chicago around thanksgiving and it was 37 degrees and my family was like oh god it's so nice out and my wife's from san jose she's like no <laughs> yeah. and uh and i was usually it's like 25 degrees around thanksgiving and then uh, we went to seattle because i have a, a contingency of friends up there and um it's really crowded now it's really hard to get around i was back so that was about around the same time you were there yeah and it was the traffic was in like here on a like a bad day in la yeah they sprawled it out wide and yeah. the hills kind of interrupt things there's only certain ways to go certain places and uh yeah so portland kind of went you know what we're just gonna they have, there's a no sprawl law and there's a certain perimeter so that, they took lessons they looked at that and go well, well we can't let that happen exactly even though it is growing they got to be careful yeah it's it's getting packed i mean there's they're building buildings and they're building up which is nice so yeah. um and because i mean really you move there if you are new there. You move there because you want to be in Portland. You don't move there because you want to be 20 miles outside of Portland. So right, right. They're kind of trying to accommodate that. And the, and the light rail system and the bus system. Yeah. Which goes fantastic. to the airport. Are you listening <laughs> other <laughs> cities? In a, oh, God. Yeah, the that, train goes right to the airport. Yeah, that's what I loved about O'Hare. It's just yes. Like, I just drag the one my place where on. you want the train to go. Yeah. It's like, take me downtown and take me to the airport. <laughs> yes. If you don't put the airport downtown, guess what? Two trains. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, seems so simple, but nobody does it. Yeah, and it's it's really really um, the airport's not that far away from the downtown area, so it's good for you know people visiting to be like, oh, I don't want to have to rent a car. It's like you don't need to. There's plenty of ways around. Yeah, yeah. Other than the fact that, uh, as I said, Portland kind of like slaps you in the face with quaint mm-hmm. <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit. Any negatives? Anything you miss uh, from other cities? Um, from from, like, from maybe whether it's a food aspect or oh, is it because yeah. there were some great restaurants there. We oh, went the to food's some. amazing. It's really really inexpensive yeah. too. Um, you can get. I was you know I went through the first week. I, I gave myself the first week on the show to not bring my lunch. I'm like just order lunch with everybody else. It's gonna be a little more expensive and uh, you know ten bucks a sandwich. It's like I forgot about that. Yeah. It's in Portland. It's a food cart. You can stop. There's this place I go to happy hour. Happy hour, by the way, started at two, <laughs> two to seven. Which you know, I also love beer. I love uh, microbrew beer, beers and and stuff like that. And they have so much of it. But there's a place I'd go to happy hour, and uh, a Miller on tap was two dollars, and a, a chicken euro, which was the size of a shoe, was three fifty. So you walk out of there spending five fifty plus tip, and you're full and. You got to hang Drunk. out. Drunk. <laughs> exactly. You got to call your designated unicycle driver. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get pulled over by the unicycle police. <laughs> they are not amused. And very uh, active. Like everybody's either like into running or skiing or like uh, a lot of mountain bikes. Yeah. A lot of biking around the town. A lot of town. hikes. I mean, uh, the Columbia River Gorge is 
I mean, 20 minutes. The, the famous Multnomah Falls, which is the one that everyone knows photos of, is about 20 minutes uh, via free, by freeway to get out there. And, and being a trail runner, it's like, oh, there's all these trailheads that go deeper and deeper into the gorge towards Mount Hood. Um, but yeah, everyone is, has their thing. I think... Um, I think it was Catherine Dunn. She's a she wrote Geek Love. She's mm-hmm. from Portland. I think she's the one who said uh, everyone in Portland has three lives, and it's very true. It's you know, like, when I was bartending, I was like, I'm a bartender, I'm a runner, and I'm a writer. And like everybody I know, I was like, my friends Carl's a mailman, and we're making a documentary feature film together. You know, it's like <laughs> everyone has this this subversive acrobat. No, yeah, of yeah, course, he's a portionist. juggler. Yeah, what, whatever's most annoying to see on the street. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what people. Professional use. hacky sacker. Oh God, what are the sticks? The, the oh yeah, the, the, the sticks. Oh yeah, okay, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I, I missed, uh, like I said, the craft brew, and, and I don't just mean like big companies like Rogue Brewing and and Deschutes, but there's, I mean, there are people that home brew and sell to distributors, and so you can get it, you know, sit down in front of twenty five taps and be like, I've never heard of that, and they're like, Oh, this guy lives. I did notice away. that. I like that about that. Yeah, that place. A lot of a lot of uh, selection and uh, overall, just that it, it drives some people crazy. But I'm like I said, I'm 42. Everyone's very laid back there. Yeah. There's, there's like I said, no sense of urgency. So if you're behind someone who's doing 30 and a 40, you just have to go. All right, I gotta just wait to get around them. There's no <laughs> beeping. But yeah, literally, man. Like first driving to work, going down Coenga, this guy. I was doing 50 and a 40, and this guy got on my ass and was like doing like gesturing like go 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 and i finally i moved uh, you know i pulled over when i could and he flew past me and he got in front of me and he slammed on his brakes and he got down like 40 miles an hour and, and then peeled away and i was like what? Uh, so yeah there's the, that i don't miss about here and aggressiveness I, yeah yeah there's 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 a little of self-importance to, thing too it's like this guy had a giant expensive suv right. so but up there <laughs> if you have an suv it's because oh i you know i go fishing or i, I go take my right. kayak you know out on the the columbia river so um yeah, it's a very active, very uh, engaging community. Everyone seems to like or love the city and what it's there. What's, what, no one takes it for granted. And a lot of white folks, I did notice. <laughs> a lot of white folks. <laughs> One of, I, I, I noticed the lack of diversity now, you know, after living, I lived in Chicago, New York, and L.A. Mm-hmm. And so most cities I go to in America seem a lot less diverse. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, yeah. you go to the South, it's either just black or white. Oh, definitely. And there's, you know, a lot more African-American community down there. Mm-hmm. But then west of St. Louis, the only towns with any real African-American population is like L.A. and Oakland, really? Yeah, Oakland, yeah. yeah. And uh, even in LA, they're really shrinking. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, it's all Hispanic. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, uh, I saw um, Marin came through, and uh, I watched. Oh, I went to go see him at um, Club Helium, oh, which okay. is actually it's very nice. I mean, you've have you been in that club? I never played there? that club, but uh, they didn't. They weren't part of the festival this year. Oh, they weren't. Okay. But I heard they do. They run it right. Yeah, it's a it's a very well done club, and it's again, you know, it's very. Portland, you know, it's like it's very laid back when you go in, and there's no like you have to dress up or anything. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, so Marin got on stage and he said, "Hey, uh, I really love your city. A lot of white people. I got a quick question about that. Is that by design? Because it does feel like we're going to take all the white bearded people, men and women, and uh, just stick them in this one city. Um, there, yeah, it's it's there's not a lot of Asian. There's a very small uh, Latino population." Um, yeah, there's a lot of young white people. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. that are like at 30 years old. It's like, you know, I guess that's that's when they're like, oh, I, you know, I, this is I could start a career now, or I could live off 500 bucks a week and have a roommate and just live in Portland. Right, right, right. There's a lot of that. Well, I mean, uh, one last thing before we get off Portland sure. for people, a lot of people, if they've never been, it gets lumped in that Pacific Northwest thing. Oh, it rains all the time. Yes. So. Yes. Um, 
And it didn't but, rain once when you were there. No, but it was gray. Yeah. I don't think I saw the sun much. No, no, no. It's, the sun came out on the day I left. That's right. I remember thinking that. Yeah, I, I but I hear out. the summers, awesome. Yeah, summers are amazing. Um, morning starts, sunrise is around 6 and sunsets around 9. So you have oh. three hours. No, you have the full <laughs> 15 hours of, uh, of sunlight. Um, and, and, the, and the thing is the gray... It gets it gets to you the first year you live through it. I came down here actually for a long weekend in February of the first year because I was I had vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, and you're I, just I, bumming I, out. Yeah, it really I was sleeping all the time and and it, so the nights are long too in the winter. So conversely, but um, but yeah, wonderful like crazy summers where it's like maybe you get three days above ninety, but that most it's mostly between seventy five yeah. and eighty five. So oh, it's, that's nice. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's but a, growing up in Chicago in the winter, that was the hardest thing. When oh, I look back, yeah. you expect the cold. You mm-hmm. know the cold's coming. It was just those endless gray days, and yeah. you could go like two weeks without really seeing the sun, and it wears on you, man. Oh. You can see why they give manic depressives light therapy uh-huh. and stuff like that because it just it just wears on your spirit. Yeah, it's it, like there's just it's relentless. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but the thing I, that people you know when they're like, oh, the rain in Portland must drive you crazy. I could never live there. It's like I grew up in Chicago. You don't have to shovel rain. <laughs> No. You don't have to wake up. We can five. handle anything. Are you kidding After growing me? up there, we can handle every extreme. Every like every awful humid summer that you <laughs> think you've ever had, it's like, oh, I got it beat. I got it beat. It was 104 <laughs> on the 4th of July, 90% humidity. Yes. And I was like, that's oh. how it is every year. Oh, man. So, I don't um, miss that. I don't miss that at all. No, no. And I'll take I'll take a few hundred degree days you know, <laughs> for over that anytime. So it's, it, here, because it's like, oh, I'll sit in the shade and cool off. But in the Midwest, it's like, that's not going to do anything for you, man. You're going to get <laughs> mosquito bites and ladybugs you know so you grew up just west of uh, you were in hinsdale or something um westchester no. westchester okay yeah, yeah. so i was uh very close to the comedy womb i remember yeah right up the road so uh, about 10 15 miles oh you west. know who just called J- jimmy door who had was done the show he was back in chicago he was driving around and he wanted to show his wife the comedy womb uh, which was in lyons mm-hmm. illinois and we couldn't re- he called me because he couldn't remember the road it oh, was where on. it was yeah and i couldn't remember either yeah can you it wasn't higgins was it Hick- no? No, that was that was a uh, big Ed. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was room. up north. That was God. No, it was off. It was east of. This is fascinating. For I know people were like, oh. <laughs> they're trying to remember where Comedy Club it was because it's not even there anymore. But it's well, we'll we'll talk. We'll go. You know, going into comedy from that. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. So after college, you started doing comedy. We all started doing comedy, and then was that's where I first got a taste of traveling solo. Yeah, and you had to learn how to do it. Uh, or else you would go nuts. It's not like traveling around with a band. I try to describe it to oh, people. Yeah, it's just yeah. not, you know, if you can't handle time alone, you're not going to make it as a comic. No, and uh, I, I went one year to college, and I realized, wow, that I'm just wasting my time with a, <laughs> getting a theater degree. I want to be on stage, and I'd done stand-up when I was 16 at Big Ed's Room, actually. Over um, You did it at 16? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. A, actually, I did one night at Jay's, and I, the next week I did at Ed's. And then I, I learned at 16 that these guys hated each other. <laughs> And not until like four years later, when I was started professionally doing it, got to live it. But yeah, um, uh, yeah so I started. I, I did two sets when I was sixteen. I hosted a talent show at seventeen uh, at, at, mu- at Music Clinic up in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Guess who got all brag? Man, I was a popular kid. But I did. <laughs> I did. I hosted and did a set at seventeen years old. I just decided to do that, which now I look back, I'm like, what in the hell? It took some balls, yeah. man. I, w- I would have been way too frightened. Yeah, I was too shy to do that. Really? Really? Oh yeah. When did you? Wait, how old were you when you started? I started a year after college, so okay, I was 20, like twenty-two. Okay, yeah. I guess at that point you're more of an adult. You've had more. Experience. I came out of my shell a lot in, in college. Helped me a lot. I think it was just leaving the house. 
You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I really was, and it helped yeah. a lot. You know, and just True. get a new set of friends, and you can start over almost. Yeah, you can start building your own yeah. life. You know, instead of kind of tagging along. But people, um, people from high school can't believe what I do now. College, they can, you know. Oh, I can see. They can kind of get it, but people in high school are like, I still, they can't believe it. They're like, you were so funny. quiet, and you didn't say anything. You I know? see, I see that in you. You know, I mean, I I came out of it of a writing. Mm-hmm. background because uh I, I was a newspaper writer right out of college right oh, by really? you i i covered your westchester and all that oh, proviso oh, west and that's East where i went and, to high school yeah, yeah. great basketball area yeah okay. <laughs> other sports not that great yeah and education no. yeah how was the theater program uh, <laughs> i actually did the theater of western springs I did oh the, did you so i did that instead all right man did i get the ladies describing <laughs> myself um but no so um yeah i was traveling around i started at 19 i lived in milwaukee because i went to school outside of milwaukee so i just okay moved to milwaukee and started doing open mics there and uh, knowing that Chicago is only an hour and a half away, and so once in a while, pile in, uh, pile in someone's car, like Monica Carter's car, and like yeah. tool down to who's on first and do a set for Ted and five people and then drive and back drive up. Drive the 90 miles back. Yep. Got to get paid. And uh, yeah, so it's that, the idea of like, oh, you just hop in your car and do this. And my first road gig, I was 20. I was 20. Oh, my God. I was 20 years old. Wow. First road gig was uh, two weeks in the Dakotas Ooh. with Tim Kaminsky. Oh, hilarious! Mm-hmm. But mm. I, and in his defense, his stage was the first stage that was open to me to do open mics, and he got me my first. He gave me my first. Was it Sir Laughs a Lot? Sir Laughs a Lot. That was Castle. one of my first road gigs. Really? In uh, Milwaukee, it was in a Holiday Inn in Milwaukee, yeah. outside of Milwaukee. There, and uh, I remember because I was so excited to go on the road, and it was Two like days, yeah. going on the road for the weekend doing comedy and being paid. I thought that was I made it, yeah. and this oh, was it. <laughs> and I think I might have worked with Tim. Probably. I might have worked with him there, and there was I also worked with Ray Garen there. I think I did it twice. Ray Garen closed. No, it. Ray Garen was the first time I worked there, and so because I remember asking him because I got there early. Mm-hmm. I think I took the Miller Brewery tour. <laughs> like I was making a weekend oh out God, of it, yeah. man. I was like in show business. I yeah. was on the road. This is what we do. Hey, <laughs> we yeah, yeah. Not part of this. <laughs> and then uh, so we're doing a late show Saturday, and uh, I asked him, uh, "So are you going out after this?" Like the headliner, Ray. Right. And uh, he was like, no, I'm driving home after this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 90 minutes. We can be in my own bed. Yeah, and I was like, no, we're, this, we're on the well, road, man. We got a room. Yeah, we got, they get, we got a free hotel room. Yeah, don't you want to just watch TV and shit? <laughs> yeah. We, we can order in, you know, pizza and like, we're, like you're, you're a kid, though. You he know, was so point. over because he'd been doing it long enough and he was over it. Ray Garen's closing bit, by the way. Do you, do you have, happen to remember this? I don't know why Something I know this. About, it's in his pants? It's, uh, it's Curly getting a blowjob. Ah. From the three students. Yeah. Don't know if I can say that word. Class, sure you can. Okay, <laughs> you just can't get it. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> so you think traveling? You were one of the first ones uh, of our group that kind of like when you came out here, mm-hmm. you gave up the stand up. You just yeah. went right into writing. Yeah, and yeah. was was the fact that you think you started early, and you kind of were you burned out? Was it the traveling that burned you out of it? It was well. It was ninety five. Was my last gig. My last week was working with. Uh, Oh, uh, God, now I'm losing. George Wallace mm. at the Zanies. That's big. Very big, and guess what? Not my audience. Yeah. Uh, but I was 25, and I'd done it since I was 19. I'd been on the road since 2021, and pretty regularly. I did a tour with Pat Francis and John Heffern for a year, and mm-hmm. we really drove around all over the place. That was uh, called Crack Me Up. And uh, yeah, so we just, you know, I started, the money started, that was right when the club started closing, and money started getting less and less and less. And so here you are driving to, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for a five-night run, and it's like, oh, I get to take home $350 at the end of this. And it's like, well, or I could just get a job and make $700 <laughs> a week and not have to do that. But um, I just got it out of my system. I think when I moved out here, I went, okay, that's the clean break. I, I lived in Nashville for about a year and a half 
in between uh, oh, I didn't Chicago know that. and here. Oh, you didn't? Why yeah. did you go to Nashville? Um, Dara, actually, her um, she's from there originally. Oh, right. Okay. And so um, she needed to go back. Her mom had been sick, and she's like, I kind of want to be around. I'm like, I was 25. I'm like, I just did stand-up for six years. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just move to Nashville. What so, did you do? Um, there was one Nash- the, the Nashville Zanies, Zanies comedy yeah. club. Was yeah, there. I worked there once but, uh, when I had, um, when I was doing stand-up, but... Um, I just kind of rolled the dice. It was really weird. I mean, she she was working for her dad. She had a job. Um, and so I was like, I'll just find, I'll play pickup games. I'll find, you know, jobs. And I, w- I wound up working at this coffee house called Bongo Java, which if you're ever in Nashville, please visit. Fantastic <laughs> Still coffee. Still open? Still open. There's actually three locations now. Oh, that's where I got the miracle. Oh, uh, the nun bun. The nun yeah, bun. That's where that was my that 15 minutes of fame. Uh, it was stolen. Uh, okay, tell the people the story years. of the nun bun. Um in 1996 or 7, um, you can look this up online, by the way. Just type in <laughs> Nun Bun, and you'll find my name, and you'll see what this thing is. It looks like Mother Teresa. This, there's a it cinnamon came out roll. of the oven, a cinnamon roll. Yeah, it came delivered to us uh, fresh in the morning, and uh, it was kind of jammed in the corner. It, it kind of just, and it was warm, and it was mushy, so it kind of got this pinched thing. And if you look at the thing, it, it looks like Mother Teresa with the swirl. It looks like her <laughs> habit. And um, so we just found it, and my buddy Todd and I were laughing, and uh, another guy, Ryan. And so Todd was like, I'm going to buy it just in case we do something with it. So he bought it, and we froze it. And all day, we would show it to customers, regulars, and be like, who do you think that is? And without missing a beat, every one of them would just start laughing, like, that's Mother Teresa. <laughs> so we're like, this is funny. So let's, And so he shellacked it. He was just like, let's preserve it. And my buddy Michael, who lives out here now, um, who got me my first jobs on Behind the Music and stuff like that, um, was a filmmaker, music video maker, and I'd started working with him a little bit, and we'd done a pilot together, and I'd got a, a sitcom writing pilot through him. He was directing it, and um, he was like, let's shoot a little fake video, like like this bun's famous, was what my friend Todd and I came up with. Let's like, pretend like everyone knows about this bun. And so we shot this thing over like three or four hours and cut it you know, over the course of two or three days, and um, it's like a nine-minute thing, and uh, it was just him pretending like he was the manager of this bun, and it was a big deal, and so we walked around with the regulars, and we're like, we're pretending like the bun's famous, so when we say action, we're gonna, we want you to be excited about it, and so we cut this thing together, it was silly, and we did this premiere, and we did this thing where we put the bun into this old apothecary box on velvet, and upstairs in the little like theater space, like seat 30 people, and we showed the movie, and then um, we presented the bun. You know, we had suits on. We pretended like this was very serious. And uh, the local news got, like, wind of it. And this is pre-internet, so that was a big deal. And we were in the Tennessean. And, like, two or three days after we were in the Tennessean, this woman walks in, and she's a notepad. And she's like, hi, um, I just wanted to do a story on you guys. And, you know, she's in her mid-50s. We're like, that's sweet. You know, it's probably the paper, that, like, the size of the paper <laughs> yeah, you right, worked right, on. right, right, And, uh, yeah, I was like, that's kind of cool, whatever. You know, it's the penny saver. And uh, she asks us, like, five questions, and she leaves. And we're like, oh, that's weird. Well, she was from the Associated Press, but... We didn't know that. <laughs> she may have said it, and we just didn't catch it, but uh, yeah, it hit the wire, and this was around Christmas and New Year's, so there's no news really happening, and uh, it exploded. And, I mean, we had a website, you know, I think it, it got like a million hits in a week, which back then was ridiculous. Like, that, oh, yeah, that was yeah. unheard of. Um, then we got contacted by Mother Teresa's attorney. Oh, boy. With a cease and desist. <laughs> um, he, we were calling it the Mother Teresa cinnamon bun, and we said... Can we call it something else? And he said, yes. She has a very good sense of humor about it. It's just that it, you you are in a business, and she doesn't like her name affiliated with something that makes money. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. trying to keep it clean. And I'm like, I totally respected that. And so we just changed the name uh, after three months of being called the Mother Teresa Cinnamon Bun. <laughs> and uh, Nun Bun is trademarked. And um, yeah, and so that was uh, we did about 300 radio interviews over a course of a week. Maybe even less, but uh, Bill Leff actually interviewed us. Oh, right, for GN? Yeah, yeah. So it was very funny. It's <laughs> like funny. He, he gets me on the line. He's like, oh, this is a comedian friend of ours from Chicago, yes. and uh, he's a DJ. He gets me on the line. He's like, we're not on the air. He's like, 
what's happening? I haven't seen you in like five years. And I was like, I don't know, this bun thing. He's like, this is all over the news. And Leno did use it in his monologue. Letterman almost booked us until he found out that we knew it was funny and that we were kind of slick. Oh. He thought we'd be just kind of like rubes. You want some hayseeds yeah, from or Nashville? Simple folk, you know, right, just, right. Like Indiana people, he's probably picturing. And here we are, you know. <laughs> You're going to launch into your type five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my chance. It's <laughs> Letterman. <laughs> and uh, I get cut out like Bill Hicks last right. set. Uh, yeah, and so, um, yeah, it was, a bi- it was a very big deal. And then um, recently, I think in the past seven years, it got stolen. Someone broke in oh. and stole it, and no one knows where it is now. So it's probably like a Belmont college kid. Or yeah, some college silly. kid. I'm thinking it's sitting in a dorm room or some frat house down yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Or someone's like, I'm going to eat it. And it's like, okay, it's eight years old. <laughs> it's shellacked. And, 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 at this point, it, yeah, it's, it's probably hollow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was my 15 minutes of uh of Nice. Fame. So let's. Uh, you had told me that you lived overseas as a kid? Uh, no, I visited Italy. My family, half of my family's from Italy. Ah, uh, and uh, my grandma, not the McGarry side, uh, clearly, <laughs> and uh, the Cavorso side. Oh, and okay. uh, my grandmother took me over there, and um, I was five years old. She was going over, which this was 1975, so this is a big deal going overseas. And um, I, I asked my mom recently. I'm like, what did I say? Did, did I say I wanted to go? What? How did that work? Well, like, you no. went uh, solo? Oh, uh, just with her, my grandmother and okay. me. Okay, uh, and she was like. You just asked to go. And I was like, really? And, I, and she's like, yeah, your father was totally against it. And I was kind of like, this is weird, but it's my mom, and she speaks Italian. She's from Italy, and this, this is going to the tiny village in uh, Royal Doveco up in the in the mountains outside of Rome. And it's like, I guess he's around family. So, yeah, I, I, I traveled Italy for a month when I was five years old with my grandmother, not knowing what in the hell people were saying. Uh, just just so weird there's photos of me standing in front of the coliseum it just in my little striped shorts and my knee-high black socks because apparently when i was there i was italian you were italian, bringing italian. the fashion yeah so uh yeah it was it's it, i spent a month there and i think it's i mean obviously it started there where i was like i'm not afraid to leave which like I, it's funny i was saying before the mics are on i hate being away from home but i <laughs> here i am here i'm in la and here i was five years old going i want to go away for a month with grandma and not understand anything that's happening to me so <laughs> but uh, kids can pick up languages a lot easier than adults i mean definitely. probably after a month you were i bet you were getting a little i could pick up certain yeah. words here and there and, and my grandmother would translate for me but um yeah I, I lost like 15 pounds i came back and my mom was like have you, have you been feeding him? And she's like, yeah, he's eating fresh food and oh, yeah. natural food. And like, I mean, you've been to Italy. It's like yeah. in small portions, but several times a day. It's like, yeah. It, it, he's been eating correctly. Yeah. The way humans are designed to eat instead of having a quarter pounder shoved in your face. It, well, it's noon. I have to put this in my right. mouth now. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great time. And it really bonded me and my grandmother. Like When you travel with someone, you know, it's like when it's just two of us. It's like that's what traveling like with other comedians was like too. It's like, oh, this is like our little bond, our little team here. We're going to be together in this weird warlike situation with stand up, and yeah, it really bonded me and my grandmother, which is like, I don't think many people have that opportunity to, to spend that much time alone and, yeah. and rely completely on someone. I think back of uh, what I would would remember at all from age five, and it's mm-hmm. only like big traumatic things in your life, yeah. and in good traumatic sometimes, you know, yeah, like yeah, big yeah. moments. Like I remember the first day of school. Like going oh, to me kindergarten, too. me too, because it was so big. Yeah, you know, so that's got to be one of those big moments. What do you remember? Do certain scenes stand out in your mind? Yeah, definitely. Like um, this tiny village, it was it was literally like two hundred people, and like when the bus pulled up, everybody was there because it's like I'm the golden child. It's the right. American coming, you know, coming in, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, the go-, you know, blonde hair, you know, just like so. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird though. Like t- when I think about that village, like I picture it, and it's like there's beaded doors there were no doors that's one thing that stands out there are chickens in the street 
Um, there's donkeys, and there's a photo of me on a donkey, like on this giant mountainous pasture behind me. It's, it's my, my my mom. I think my mom still has it, or my my sister may have it. It's gigantic. This photo. Um, so like that image, and I remember Rome. I remember pigeons in the in the in the plaza feeding the pigeons there's actually a photo of, of me doing that the coliseum i definitely remember because i was obsessed with the coliseum when i was five years old i was like people went in there and animals and they fought each other <laughs> like not completely sure it's like i'm picturing ostriches and stuff I'm sure they didn't <laughs> import those but um, dinosaurs they were <laughs> fighting dinosaurs in a here t-rex killed a stegosaurus <laughs> right in front of him uh yeah so it, those moments italy and, uh, and going to the ocean I remember swimming in the ocean for the first time, and that was weird. It was like that buoyancy. That salty. Feeling. Yeah, and like getting in your eyes and being like, oh, why does it burn? <laughs> uh, I remember, well, I remember my, one of my, like my second cousin siphoning gas out of a car because we didn't have any gas. Oh, Italy. Yeah, there you go. It's okay. It's okay. You remember the murders, the, the bodies we buried there? <laughs> you remember the wine was really tasty? Oh, <laughs> Actually, I, I did. My grandmother used to. I'm sure I did have wine there. She used oh, yeah. to cut it with some Seven Up, like, mm-hmm. at like just in Chicago. So I'm sure over there it was like just cutting like <laughs> the most delicate wine with like Seven Up or spray. That's <laughs> like, a fifteen dollar glass of wine. It's a good for him. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible accent of that's your pretty, grandmother. Actually, pretty close. Oh, really? If you said it's a spicy meatball, if you said stupid after that, that would be my grandma. It's a spicy stupid. Meatball. Why are you so stupid? Uh, rest your soul. So when so that was your first experience. Did you go much afterwards, or did you go, travel much? As a yeah, I didn't go overseas um, that much. I mean, we'd go on your typical Midwest. With you know, we're going to Wisconsin. Oh yeah, we're going yeah. to the Dells and sure. ride the Ducks. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really travel that much overseas until I was in my well. Darren, I actually went to England and Scotland. God, it was twenty eight. So ninety eight, I think, it was the first time I went. You saw your people. Did you see the McGarrys, the other half? Uh, of your... No, the, is McGarry the, Scottish. McGarry is Scottish, right. and uh, it's from the Glengarry. Oh. So, so then they okay. moved over there, and they lost probably the MacGarry became McGarrys. Right. Um, no, Glengarry Leeds. Is that, is that's that where, where the Leeds were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we got I got there. Set of steak knives. What? Yeah, it's fantastic. Finished second, huh? Yep. <laughs> Seven people laughing right there. <laughs> and uh, you know, so I we went over there and. Um, that was England, Scotland the first time, and we had friends in London, so we got to stay um, in East, East, East London. But you know, it was nice to have people that you knew. So like when you know, wander around the city, you come back and be like, "What was that?" And they'll be like, "Oh, you should go to this. It's you know, and that's in that area, and you're really close to that." So um, uh, again, this is you know, these these phones have changed everything. Where <laughs> yeah. like back then, you kind of had to know everything. You had to have your Rick Steves Maps. book, and yeah, yeah and it was really. Um, challenging and i mean some may argue that was more of an adventure but i sure as hell don't <laughs> i prefer to have my hand computer tell me where i am at all times and uh yeah so we, we went uh, there and up to scotland uh, we did go to ireland um a couple years later and uh it's it is weird going like you see a lot of you there's like lots of me's it's like oh that guy kind of has this chin or this shaped face or you know or he gets drunk and angry too uh so that was interesting <laughs> we fell in He's got at- my temperament <laughs> yeah you got my longer. black eye. <laughs> and I have his. <laughs> uh, we went, actually, we fell in with the locals one time. This is actually, hey, here's a travel-related story. Hey, tell. I'm trying to think of a good venue. You could tell that. <laughs> uh, we were in, um, oh, crap, where was it? It was south of Dublin. Okay. Uh, and like near Cork? Uh, there, not or? that far. We weren't that far outside of Dublin. We decided just to stop for the night after okay. we flew in. And uh, we just were like, we pretty. We pre- Kill Kenny? Maybe close, yeah. So okay. we're in Kilkenny, and uh, we were playing it very loosey goosey, if you will. You know, we had like 
one room in Galway, and we, so we knew. Did you rent a car? And you were we doing, rented a okay, car, yeah. yeah. And it was just like let's just find places to stay. And um, that's the way I did it. Yeah, it's, and it's I, easy to do. You, you, you oh, just God, pull yeah. into any town, and there's a pub. Pub with a they hotel have a room upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what we did, and we um, we did that all over Scotland and England. The first time we we're like, let's just do it over same opportunity. Let's do it over there. And and the cool thing was, this is before the euro, so everything was ridiculously inexpensive. It was like half oh, yeah. of what you'd pay in America. Stupid Euro bringing back <laughs> bringing back Ireland from the depths. Yeah, because uh, Ireland was a poor place. That's that, that's like where like English would go on their stag yeah. parties. Oh yeah, to get wasted real cheap. You know, they go cheap. to Dublin and yeah, yeah. And this last trip when Anne and I were there, there were tons of hen and stag parties yeah. were everywhere. And it's like, oh, it's, this is like going to Vegas, except Vegas is half the price of where you <laughs> yeah. live. And uh, yeah, so we we stopped in this pub and and it was like probably thirty bucks for the room, and um. And we're like, well, let's just go downstairs and eat and see if we can meet some people. It's five, around 5 or 6 o'clock, so people start coming in after work. And we met a guy named Mad Mick. He Mad was, Mick. Yeah. And he, had a, he was well-dressed. He had a tie on, and, uh, which was very deceiving. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he had a guitar and like three or four people, and they were all just kind of chatting. And so we kind of fell in with them and drinking beers with them. And in Ireland, I don't know if you experienced this, but I found out this last trip – so you have to buy someone's next pint before they finish it. Like you don't go, oh, let me get your next one. It has to be like a third left, and you order it, and they hit it hits the table. I don't, I didn't know this at all. Oh, okay. So he keeps buying us drinks, and Dara is five feet, hundred pounds, yeah, right. you know, so she can have like two <laughs> pints of Guinness, like from the Guinness, which place. is stronger than the beer here. Yeah, the percentage is much higher, <laughs> and uh, but this, they just keep coming, and he keeps buying me. And she at one point said, you know, I can't. I'm just like, I'll throw up. It'll be really nasty. So. And it's Guinness. So you're drinking hers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure I did it. One, I'm one. drinking for two, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm sure I, I'm sure she probably left half a pint and I drank that too. So this guy's just pumping us full of beer. And then uh, he's like, oh, I know. And let's go down the street. This place is going to close down. And there's this other pub. So we go to this other pub across, across the street. And that's when the shots started coming. Oh. And I was like, okay, I got to watch it. And so this is fun. I was like, this is like, okay, a little adventure. You don't get a name like Mad Mick by not uh, <laughs> throwing shots way. back at the end of the night. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we got a pretty stinky there and, and and that place <laughs> shut down around probably one or two and he said probably slurringly uh hang on i know another place oh no so we walk around the corner to a back door of a bar and he knocks on it in a very specific way and i'm not kidding you the little slot thing like from the prohibition era opens up <laughs> and they see it's him and they open the door and there's like 30 people in this pub and there's just candlelight and they're all really quiet it's like, oh, this is the speak. This is a speakeasy. Like, it's illegal to have your bar open at a certain point. I'm like, well, this should be interesting. This and, is where uh, the real alcoholics go. <laughs> <laughs> when they can't go home, they have to keep drinking. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was amazing. If you ever doubt, if you ever think, man, maybe I drink too much, go to Ireland for five days. <laughs> You'll feel fine about yourself. Um, lovely people. Yes. Um, so we go in here, and and this is where like this is where the serious drinking. So this guy he chases Dara into the bathroom, and he starts telling her that he's in love with her, and he wants oh. to run away from his wife and two kids. And Mad Mick, Mad Mick, and uh, I am just shit hammered. He may be Mad Mick. This shit hammered Russ though does not know this <laughs> is going on until Dara says, "Let's go." We stumble uh, back to the room, and I was just sick all night long. I probably oh. had alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Um, but we drove across the country the next day. To I can't remember where and um, just found again found a nice little room. I slept for thirteen hours that <laughs> night, but you know just had dinner. It was really it's a great way to see that country. That's a very drivable country. It's yeah, small, it's small. Yeah, I mean I think I drove across from Dublin to Galway. It took like oh, two hours, yeah, two and a half not, hours. That's not even a half a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's what Ann and I did this last time. We we're like, 
oh, we can just leave at noon to get to Dublin, you know, to get to our hotel room before we fly out. So, uh, Did you get to Northern Ireland? Because I never made it that I far. I never went, and I hear it's amazing. Yeah. Everyone says, oh, man, it's just go up there. It's just crazy. I got to talk to Pilar about it. She just went to Belfast, I think, oh, that's to right. teach. Yeah, she was teaching a class up there. Yeah. I did go to up the, the Highlands in Scotland. And I assume it would probably be very similar. Yeah. It's just I didn't make it that far. I mean, I went to Edinburgh and uh, uh, the big one, Glasgow. Oh, Glasgow, yeah, yeah. Um, but I hadn't been more north. Yeah, yeah. We. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's it's just it's it's everything's a postcard picture. You know, everything everywhere you look, and the people are amazing. We went up there, uh, wound up in this tiny town again. You know, not knowing where we were going. And uh, we were actually traveling with my friend Todd, who is the cinnamon bun guy. And so it was the three of us, because they are old, old, old friends. They grew up together, actually. And um, we're driving around up there, and we're like, oh, let's just stop there. And, she, and Dara's like, I don't feel well. I'm going to sleep. I think I'm at cold. And we're like, well, let's just find a pub and like maybe play pool and just bullshit and meet some local people. And we went into this tiny pub. No Mad Mick this time. Just an old, <laughs> old man. Just an old, drunk man. And uh, he, we walked in, and he heard that we were, that we were American. And he bought us. He was like, whatever they want. First one's on me. And I was like, oh, that was so sweet. And we wound up chatting with him a little bit. And then he said, uh, do you play pool? And uh, <laughs> Todd said, I do. And I was like, I, I, no, I, I, you don't want that with me. It's just boring. And uh, t- so Todd's playing against the guy. And the guy's a pool shark. Oh, And it boy. was amazing. And so they played like two games of pool. Todd paid him like five, you know, five pounds or whatever. And it was cute. And then the guy, taxi cab pulled up. Old man just walked straight out of the bar in the taxi cab, took off. And the bartender's like... Every day he finishes. He doesn't leave until he's, he gets somebody. I was like, oh, my God. But it was charming. I wish I knew the name of it. But it's just that, that whole area up there is just um, it's magical. It's very, yeah. very magical. Are you a scotch uh, guy? Can um, you drink? I, I, I'm not a whiskey guy. I used to be, and I can't anymore. Like I, I, yeah. Just in the past two years, I've been like, oh, man, if I have one, I just the next day is ruined. And I'm yeah. like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Welcome to middle age, my yeah, friend. I didn't know. Everyone was saying, everyone's like, oh, enjoy it while you can. I'm like, now I'll be, I'll live forever. Um, yeah, we went um, on a scotch tour, the three of us. Um, we went on a different distillery tour, uh, like to three or four of them. And uh, yeah, I got a little sample from each of them, bought a bottle of Macallan from the Macallan distillery. And and again, like that spay, that river spay and all of that's just crazy canyons and Loch Ness. We went up to Loch Ness and... Um, that was great. That we one of the most amazing things about Loch Ness is not just like oh this is the Loch Ness and here's some castle ruins that are here's a trebuchet that they built was that um the uh, whatever the, the the air force is there I can never the royal uh, royal RAF yeah, RAF, yeah. royal air force they uh, were sitting in a restaurant eating like right across from uh, the lake and all of a sudden you hear and I mean this thing broke must have. Almost, I, was like, almost, I can't believe the windows didn't blow out. This jet fighter comes flying, and they're like, oh, no, this happens all the time. It's like, so maybe, I don't I want to say. There's a base nearby? There must be a base nearby, and they, they practice flying, you know, in territories that are, like, yeah. rocky and, and, and mountainous and everything. And it, that was one of those things where I'm like, did not expect that treat. But, you know, right. it, like those happy accidents when you travel are always, those stand out to me the most. Yeah, Loch Ness. I mean, that's one of those things where it's like it's just a, you know, it's such a silly bullshit story. Yeah. But I mean, what's the tourist like? Oh, there's got to be some crazy T-shirt shops and your Ugh. your silly souvenirs. There. I mean, do they milk it or do they get a sense of humor about it? I mean, yeah, it's not. It's definitely because um, they got to get the weirdos who actually believe it. 
Like oh, there's yeah. like a monster in this but dark that's lake. That's probably five percent of the people that go okay, there. Yeah. They there's lots. They have fun with it. Yeah, we, we we joke all the time when we were out there. There's photos. We took as many photos of us with fake Nessies as we could find. Like every time we'd see one, we'd pull over and take photos. And so the big joke was like, Ah, Nessie, Nessie, where's Nessie? We just say that to each other over and over again because it's like there's no there's no lizard in this lake, you know. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, they're, they're very. Uh, there's a lot of silly stuff. So it, it, they they're not pandering to the weirdos they're trying to go come on we all know why you're here yeah it's kind of dumb it's beautiful welcome to welcome to a beautiful lake you probably would not have visited is it any more beautiful than any of the other millions of lakes up there no i mean locks locks if you will um not really it's, it's just it's got some really beautiful castle ruins right on it which I, okay. I found more fascinating than the idea of you know this dinosaur in the water but um yeah they're they're all it's everything so picturesque up there and the water is just so still and clear and you know, then you come back here and you're like, oh, we really are screwing this yeah. all up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the, there's a lot of parallels between Portland and, and that type of um, the, the, the attitude that people have in like Scotland. I found there's a, there's a very in terms of handling like city growth and yeah, preserving. They just they kind of mirror each other like in attitudes and energy and they're very laid back and they're very, you know. I mean, obviously, culturally, they're very yeah. different people, you know, but I felt that same familiarity, like, you're welcome here. You can, you know, as opposed to L.A. or New York, it was like, welcome, and you better hit the ground running because yeah. we're all, we've all, we don't know what's happening. It's like, a, we're all on a panic, like, run from bulls yeah. that don't exist. But it's kind of like a, I mean, it's a small town mm-hmm. way of thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you'll get that in any country as opposed to the, the big city. People are going to be like, more closed off and defensive in the big cities, and right. it's going to move at a faster pace. Yeah, like rural China versus, you know, Yeah, or Paris city. as opposed to the small town France and exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah. So you said you had been to, have you been back to Italy You as an adult? No, I have not been back, and I have family all over the place. They're like, like they're friends with me on Facebook. I've, like many of my, Oh, you got to go. I know. I have play, free places to stay in Venice, Rome, and like two other major cities, and that's why I'm excited about this job because it's like at the end of it, what a great treat to be like, all right, let's take 10, 12 days and just bounce around and stay for free some nights. Yeah, you just got to decompress yeah, and exactly. know that you have something to come back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's the next – That's the, I think that's the next overseas trip for me and Anne and too because so, I'd like to take my wife on trips. <laughs> Why did I add her name at the end of that? It's so unnecessary. Oh, God. You're not going to go solo? Just <laughs> hanging out? I'm going to go to Italy for a month. Sayonara, honey. It's, be- it's better than her going to Italy for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's an attractive woman, and I, mm-hmm. what I understand. I did not notice that when I was five, though. Mm-hmm. I noticed there's a lot of... You're safer sending her to Ireland. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Mad, with Mad Mick's Nick. not going to yeah. make, uh, make moves on her. Uh, oh, he will, second, but I don't I think she's... I love your second wife, too. Mick. <laughs> uh, it's a sad Mick. What would be your dream destination, other than Italy... What would be a, a place you've always been kind of interested in and fascinated with? I'd have to say Prague, um, that part of Europe. That that because everyone that goes there comes back and goes. You just have to go. You just yeah. have to go. See and as a guy it. who loves beer, you really got to go. Oh yeah, Czech, that's right. Yeah, Czech beer is some of the best I've had in the world. Really, really. And they will remind you of it too. <laughs> but you know, you'll go there and, you, and and you see that they're not full of shit. You'll go there like the cheapest beer that they have there. Is better than like ninety five percent of the beers we really? have here. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, this and, is and like you said, it's cheapest there. It means cheap too. Right? Well, so I mean, it's, it's a little more Prague, especially because it's very touristy. Oh, and again, you're talking a lot of uh, bachelor parties and and bachelor. Oh, they parties. go there too. Yeah, yeah. Stinking um, Brits, the Brits, man. I blame EasyJet. 
You know, they're <laughs> that's just a safe, the Ryanair. They just got yep, like that's a safe blame. Yeah, yeah, they've spread them all out over Europe. Wherever there's cheap beer, mm-hmm. you saw you see them a lot in uh, I've heard like Riga and Latvia and, and places oh, Latvia like that because it's cheaper up there now. Yeah, well, Latvia, and, thank and God. And plus, yeah. the women are really gorgeous. That my friend actually spent some time in Latvia, and it's because his very good friend is a. Uh, is Latvian and, and he's like, I'm going over there. It's really cheap, and so they just decided to go. And uh, another Chicago guy, by the way. Okay. And so he, uh, he's like, I got off the plane, and I thought it was a joke, like that they had cast like the most beautiful models yeah. everywhere. And he's like, <laughs> and then I got out of the airport, and it was still happening. And then we got around the cities, and, and man, he's like, and I learned a little Latvian. And an American who can speak a little Latvian, those women go crazy. So he was single <laughs> at the time. He's like, I was just like. I just I learned how to say nice shirt, like force crackles. And like you say that to a girl, they would be like, Oh, thank you, you're American and he's like Ooh. Yeah. So he's like he's like, You may want to visit Latvia. Yeah, I've heard good things of like Estonia, Latvia, yeah, all Estonia. those places. Ooh, yeah. yeah. But I haven't been. I haven't been up there. So Sing, I gotta single guy, I? Gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go. So you've never been like a, a guy with like Asia or have you been into that? No, never I never really I never really got into that in uh, that area of the world. I don't know. Why exactly? Because I love. I mean, I, everything I've seen from Japan, China, Vietnam, Thailand. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like wow, that would be so great to experience. But it's I don't know what it is. I think some people like my sister is um she just got her PhD uh, in Mayan history, Mayan, Mayan oh, wow. art history, I should okay. say. And um, so she loves that area of the world. She loves that, and it's like I don't have a real draw to that. But we grew up in, in Mayan this, history, uh, in Mayan art. Uh, history yeah but that's like south and central america yeah but i have like she's obsessed with that area and i have no connection to that either so it's like but we oh, grew, okay, up, yeah, we grew yeah. up together like no one ever was like oh and central america is amazing like there was no i thought you meant she was she studied mayan art and was obsessed with asia oh, i was no, like no, wait no, a minute that doesn't... <laughs> doesn't add up <laughs> you may want to show her a globe yeah yeah no no <laughs> sounds she... like she failed that course <laughs> yeah, phd what does that stand for geography might have been a better uh, choice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah but i yeah so i don't have a real connection to that south america i I'm also drawn to uh, yeah. Brazil and because you, you've been down there. Yeah, yeah. Are you you're a wine guy? You're I can look, I can do the wine. I okay, like yeah. a nice bottle of wine. I think you'd like uh, Buenos Aires and down there. That's my my therapist actually when I lived here is um, from South America, and this was right after Dara and I split up. So it's just you know I was really heavy in therapy, and he's like. I think you should go to South America. And I'm like, why? He's like, because you're still single. Yeah. He's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. I, I think you may want to take it. When you're feeling emotionally ready, consider it. He's like, the flight's expensive, but it's really cheap once you're there. And he's like, the women there are just gorgeous. Like, he's like, the people are gorgeous. The yeah, yeah, women, yeah. Which I'm really insecure, so that'll do wonders for me. <laughs> so I never did go, though, but I, I, that's always been kind of in the back of my mind. So uh, what's next? What uh, what's next for uh, Russ McGarry? Uh, a lot of uh, lonely nights here in Los Angeles. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really this this writing job is probably going to take up most of my time. I mean, I'm still running, so and that's that's kind of cool too because that's a kind of a a thing that I can do is places like when Ann and I went to Ireland, we we went to the Macamara. Uh, which was like these just giant rocky mountainous areas, and it's like got trails everywhere. So it was like as a runner, as a trail runner, I can experience different places and so i'm back here it's like oh i can go back to topanga canyon or i can go back to temescal and it's you know it's a different way of experiencing a, a place so but right now it's it's really pretty much about this job and then somewhere in there there's going to be a trip where we take a week and, and do something and even if it's new york or i mean we did our honeymoon we did in western washington out um on off of uh some locks and, and it's this big sprawling cabin kind of resort thing but it wasn't like obnoxious and there was nothing around us so we're like well we could do that again too I mean, <laughs> so uh, i've been to spokane 
That's the only part of Westeros. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't a fan. No. You know what? Nope. A Not fan. a fan of Spokane? No. Why did they make it rhyme then? <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been to Spokane, but uh, yeah, but my wife's family's from Eastern Washington, so I've been up and down all across Washington um, in the past couple of years. Oh, you're Western Washington. Okay. They're Western Oregon. Eastern yeah. Washington, I was thinking of. Yeah. That's where Spokane is, and that's... No, no, no. It's, there's not a lot Where's your wife's there. family from? Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, boy. Which is fun to say. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but... So, yeah, so, I mean, that's, as far as, like, on the books for me, it's like this gig and hopefully doing friends podcasts, which I'm I'm happy. It's like wow, I guess I'll have to start listening to music and I can be on Pat's podcast. Or you got to get your own. Well, yeah, be like everybody else in the. Country well, I, I do, I do have one. It's just oh, that's right. Yeah, we, so, it was uh, a runners running. It, that that was our old podcast was three non joggers, and then we changed formats because we were talked for two and a half years about running, and uh, <laughs> it was a comedy running podcast. So it wasn't just dry, right? Yeah, and uh, and now we've moved on to just like a storytelling podcast, and we've. The Here Now Show, H E A R. Check it out on iTunes, and uh, uh, yeah, we've banked a bunch of those while I'm down there here. So when I go back, we'll we'll do some. Awesome. So, so your your sarcastic comment about hey, white guy in his forties, why don't you have a yeah, podcast? Yeah, come on, we're all doing it. Yeah. The um, so before we leave, if uh, people want to go to Portland, mm-hmm. and uh, so people come up to you, I'm sure, and go, hey, I'm going to Portland. Yes. I got three days. What, what are the see? essentials? What do I gotta get? What yeah. are we gonna see? Uh, the laundry lists, I would say, definitely go do Powell's, do do the touristy stuff. Powell's bookstore, Powell's awesome. bookstore, Voodoo Donuts, definitely do that. Um, Voodoo Donuts, boy, do they they have uh, got themselves crazy. a nice little uh, racket going yeah, up there. That's the funny thing. A friend of a friend of mine said, "Man, I wish I was an entrepreneur." with a stupid idea because those are the things that blow up here in Portland. It seems like nothing normal lasts there. You know, it's like, here's my bar that only serves bananas. Like, oh, well, the banana the bar. Banana bar. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say, so Powell's Bookstore, uh, Voodoo Donuts. Um, if you can get out, if you have a car, get out to Multnomah Falls. Um, what, what was that again? Uh, Multnomah Falls. That's Multnomah? Multnomah. M-U-L-T-N-O-M-A-H, I think okay. is how it's spelled. How far out of town is that? 20 minutes um, okay. via the freeway. Uh and and just walk around like that. When you said like I walked all over the place, it's like that's what I recommend because you're going to see really cool stuff. I'd say if you're staying downtown, go to the east side of the river, visit those neighborhoods over there, like where the theaters were off of Hawthorne and Southeast. Um, Pine State Biscuits is a big thing that you kind of got to do, and one of my friends owns it, so it's always nice to play. Uh, right. But um, but is yeah, that Saturday Market? Saturday, which I like downtown. Yeah, the Saturday Market's really fun. Um, walk around the river, like walk the bridges around the river. It's really really pretty. It's just um. Uh, those bridges, they're amazing to look at when you, when you see them operate. You know, there's seven seven bridges, and if you see them all going up, it's like, whoa, I'm seeing something from, like, the early 20th century happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so I would, I would recommend, and then just, like I said, just drive to northwest Portland, park your car where there's a lot of stuff, and just walk like we did, walk around, and just, oh, hey, let's eat here, and just popped in that one restaurant. Uh, yeah, but I would say that my, the, the top ones are the obvious ones. It's really funny. There's not, and I'd say if you like hiking, definitely go to yeah. Forest Park because um, it's right. I mean, you can literally have a cup of coffee in your hand that you got two minutes down the road, yeah. and you feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. Gee, Russ, is there a place to get coffee <laughs> is in there Portland? A of yours that owns? Oh, no, you're sorry, you're saying, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's weird. It's like every bars, five feet bars and, and coffee houses. Well, who do, where do I got? Who do I got to screw to get a coffee or a microbrew in this town? <laughs> God, it's a mystery. They they really keep it buried. I wish they your favorite coffee place. Oh wow, yeah, that's tough. I know. See, you can't pick one. There's one called CC's, which is down the street from where I live, and it's a motorcycle coffee place. Of course. See, of course. Yeah, it's okay. stupid. It's like a garage, and they sell custom <laughs> motorcycles, and it's got and a And the best guy. cappuccino in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Stumptown Coffee there is, yeah, is my favorite. I heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, we went there. I went there with Paul Gamartin. We walked oh, you did. right downtown. Okay, okay. And uh, your favorite uh, local microbrew? 
Portland Micro Brew. Yeah, I would say I'd, I'd have to defer to what I mentioned before, Rogue uh, Rogue Brewing. Uh, they they have a rest two restaurants I think now in Portland, but um, they have like forty taps on at all times wow. at the one. And uh, uh, Rogue Dead Guy Ale is in my fridge right now where I'm staying. So oh boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that, I would recommend uh, checking them out. Then Deschutes also is really good. Deschutes Brewing, and they have a nice. Uh, restaurant there as well. It's in, uh, not too far from Powell's, actually. Cool. Yeah. And uh, people, if you remember, if you are going to drink, uh, bring <laughs> someone else to drive the unicycle in Portland <laughs> and do the juggling for you. Well, thanks, Russ. Thank you, man. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got to do this. Yeah, I'm glad you be, uh, could make it. And welcome to L.A. Oh, I hope you survive your short little gig. And uh, give us the name of the show one more time. So that's we... Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja. Oh, it rolls I, off the tongue. I hope it? it's true to the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Russ. All right, that's my. Nice.